Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to uh, a transatlantic special of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison, and I come to you live from Birmingham, West Midlands, UK. And here's Dave Cribb. Ahoy hoy, in the shadow of the Empire State Building. And by shadow, I mean I can see it just over there, but it's not, you know, it's not that close, really. I wouldn't say an actual shadow. I'm in home of the Friends from Friends, New York City. Hmm. Um, uh, and Dave has spent his whole time while he's in New York recording a special documentary about Friends, which <laughs> you can look forward to uh, in your feeds next week. That's right, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A seven hour documentary, each spanning each of the streets one by yeah. one in New York. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually, I spent an incredible amount of time on the same street as as the Friends apartment without actually walking past it. I don't ever yeah. quite make it that far, but I've been in the village every night. And I was surprised when you mentioned that you wanted to do this documentary series and record it naked. I, 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 wasn't, <laughs> clear, I wasn't too sure on why you had to be naked for it. But you know, you Pete, quite... I just know our audience, you know? Yeah, yeah. Rule one of any sort of broadcasting, know your audience and yeah. if there's one thing I know about our audience is they prefer their podcasters naked. So yeah, yeah, that's what I've opted to do. It's, and it's, they it's, often listen naked. Well, I wouldn't know. I don't, and I'd question how you know that. Uh, send us your picture. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> moving Thanks. on, moving Thanks. on. Um, should we get on to this week's episode request? Yes, it's from Vicky. Now, Vicky says, lads. She starts with lads. I know we're not meant to be requesting episodes at this point. What point was that then? Probably December 2021? Uh, I think it's not long after that, actually. (laughs) Uh, But I'm less than a minute into an episode and I fully lulled a plot I'd completely forgotten about. And all I can think of is the two of you and your tech chats. Are we do we do tech shot again? This is probably. I mean, we, years we ago. probably did in yeah. late twenty twenty one. The oh tech chat as in like sort of talking about old technology um, in Friends. The episode is the one where Ross and Rachel take a break, where obviously there's a lot occurring. Blah blah blah. Uh, Vicky says blah blah blah, not me. 
Um, but Phoebe has just run into the apartment, desperate to figure out where her foreign diplomat date is from. And has asked for an atlas. An yeah. atlas. And gets given a globe. Oh. Um, please discuss. <laughs> just says, please discuss. Please discuss atlases and globes. Also, I can't decide whether this is funny or the alternative in my brain, which is her spending half an episode unraveling a dial-up internet cable <laughs> and borrowing Chandler's laptop, giant laptop, and the rest of the episode having to backing track of screeching. We all grew up with. Oh yeah, the screeching. Oh, the dial-up screeching. Um, when was the last time you used an atlas? Uh, I think you probably have to go back to school for when I used an atlas. And do you know the thing I thought about the globe? Imagine using a globe. Like, I know having one, but they're largely, like, ornamental. Imagine, like, actively using a globe to to pinpoint something as a tool. I was thinking that. I was sort of thinking, what is the point of a globe? And I know that sounds like a stupid thing to say, (laughs) but... What are the practical applications of a globe? I imagine they were for plotting journeys, right? Surely not, though. You're surely not... You're not getting on a boat from fucking Plymouth or something, are you? And going, right, here's my little round globe. How do we get to, you know, Cape Town? (laughs) Plymouth to Cape Town. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that old Um, journey. Did you know that the globe, the first, if you're still with us, the first known globe <laughs> was created by a Greek scientist living in what is now Turkey. Okay. More than 2,000 years ago. Not far from where Sergei is from, the never specified foreign country. Mm, yeah, a bit dodgy that. Well, it is a bit dodgy. And the thing I actually, and before we sort of crack into it properly, the thing that really struck me was they've clearly deliberately never said the name of the country and therefore to keep it sort of generic and, you know, they can't they can't be sort of anything coming back on them. So what language are they speaking? And did they just get two American actors to make up a foreign sounding language and shout that's true they must be speaking you'd think some sort of language yeah but i i mean i don't know does anyone if anyone's a linguist it doesn't sound i'm sure someone knows yeah yeah but then if they have chosen a real language why not just say the name of the country you know that's a good point dave yeah thank you very much um anyway should we crack on with a, a synopsis peter yeah go for it Okie dokie. Season three, episode 15, the one where Ross and Rachel take a break. 465263. Nah. Nope, not interested in that either. Chandler and Joey both attracted to Chloe, the girl who works at the copy centre. Phoebe dates an Eastern European diplomat. Oh, you've, you've decided this there. Fine. Okay. Um, whose interpreter accompanies them everywhere to translate to gain some privacy, she fixes up Monica with the interpreter, but soon regrets it. Uh, Ross and Rachel's relationship is further strained when she has to work late on their anniversary. Ross surprises her with a basket lunch, but insists she is too busy. They have a bitter fight with Rachel saying they need a break. Upset, Ross goes drinking with Joey and Chandler and ends up sleeping with Chloe. We don't know that yet for sure. We don't, do no, we? we don't find that out, no. He's just kissed her. He's just kissed her we in just the world's worst club where apparently a DJ is playing U2's With or Without You at yeah. 1am. And also, talking of the DJ, while you mention him, 
when we first see the club or bar, he's not DJing. He's asking for 25 cents to <laughs> buy a condom. Yeah, he's off, is he? Where's he going? Is he leaving already? I wouldn't trust a condom that costs 25 cents, would you? No. Have you ever used a condom machine in a in a public bathroom? <laughs> I thought it... you say if you ever used a condom. <laughs> That's not the sort of chat we have on Friends with Friends. We don't really know too personal. But those machines that they have in, in like, bathrooms, not But so they're a bit of a mixed bag because sometimes, like, they sell, they sell condoms mm. and then other ones, like, sell spints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, depends what kind of night you're having, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so where do you want to start? Do you want to start with... The Eastern European diplomat, Ross and Rachel, or the wonderful world of photocopying? Uh, let's start with... Can we start with Ross and Rachel? I want to yeah. get that bit like, out of the way. I agree. It's so bleak, isn't it? We're just in the middle of them just having a terrible time. Um, this is At this stage, I know we've debated long and hard, Ross and Rachel, break, not break, blah, blah, blah. But this portion of the storyline, very much Ross's fault, right? Yeah, he's so frustrating because there's that phone call, isn't there, where she's saying she needs to work. Yeah. And he makes that offer of, oh, I could come along. And she says, no, that's, she, she specifically says, no, it's like, it's not convenient for you to, to come, even though, like, you bring in dinner or whatever. I like, mean, just leave her. In what world does someone go, I've got a work emergency, I'm clearly incredibly stressed. I can't come home. In what world do you then go, oh, I'll just come there? <laughs> like, yeah. that's one of the worst things you could possibly do, right? And then a little bit later, when he does come along, Rachel's colleague's like, oh, what a boyfriend. No, not cute. Being yes. overbearing. Overbearing. Sophie does not help situations here, is what I would say. This is the first appearance of Sophie, actually. Um, and she seems does quite she get hit by? Oh, no, it's not her that gets hit by no, Joanna gets hit by, by a cab, but um, Sophie is just sort of constantly bullied by Joanna, isn't she? Um, but mm. here, she seems quite perky and upbeat, um, as if the world hasn't sort of trodden down on her yet. Um, but yeah, she isn't helping because she's, she's going, oh, this is amazing. Oh, I wish, you know, stop it. You're not helping, Rachel. If you were in that work emergency, you would be as stressed as Rachel and not want some colleague's boyfriend to rock up with a picnic basket. And candles, and then that fucking pepper shaker thing. Oh my god! Like, what are you doing, Ross? He's putting a lot of a lot of pepper on a salad. What looks to be a salad? A lot of pepper and a noisy electronic pepper mill. I Um, would say that, unsurprisingly, this is not a good Friends episode for men because, um, or a good look for men. No, because even later, like when Mark rings her. Yeah. She says, oh, no, like, don't come don't over. Come over. Like, and he still does. Like, is, men aren't and, giving Rachel a lot of say here. Yeah, and the entire episode there is just men coming to see Rachel when she doesn't want them to. Yeah. <laughs> Mark is a bit of a fucking snake, isn't he, at this point? He knows exactly, well, what, he's, knows exactly what he's doing. He's, he has rung to leave a message, in inverted commas, I call bullshit, don't call late at night, you know, at home. We colleagues, but then he's as soon as he basically hears a tiny crack in her sort of voice, 
he sort of smells the emotional vulnerability and is like, I'm coming over. I'm coming over with Chinese food to try and have sex with you. And it's like, just go to sleep, Mark. Bide your time, I, at least, if you want to try and make, you know, make a move. I also think that with, like, I know Ra- Rachel doesn't do a great deal, if anything, hmm. wrong in no, this scenario. I do understand why Ross is alarmed to hear Mark in the background so soon after they agree to go on a break, but then he goes and shags someone else. Would but agree, I, yeah. I think, like, for Rachel, like, he is, like, Mark is, like, forcing himself into the... Not, not like, actively forcing himself, but he's no, no, very much like imposing on the her. Door. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just I, I I know that the old argument were they on a break and let's not have that conversation because mm. it's very well trodden ground. But I I I don't think Rachel does a lot wrong. She doesn't do a lot wrong. No, I think that she shouldn't have let Mark come over. Um, but like you say, he sort of she just doesn't put up much of a uh, uh, what's the word a fight when he does say I'm coming over. Do you know what I mean? She she should have probably then said. No, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go and try and see Ross or find Ross. See you later. See you tomorrow. You know, but I think she's in a bit of an emotional state, so we can't really hold that too much against her. Mark is still being very pushy, and all she's really done wrong, I guess, from Ross's point of view, is is be too into her job. But like she says, mm-hmm. she's clearly passionate about it, and like, frankly, Ross, you should be enjoying your girlfriend's happiness in her career, and if that means you see her a bit less for a bit. It should be worth it if you want to be with her. I've got no, it's got, I've got no time for Ross's attitude here. You know, there's that moment where um, they're on the phone and Mark says about him bringing Chinese and he says, oh no, that's, that's for me. But then he does then offer her Chinese once he comes over. But so even though he's got this Chinese seemingly for both of them in the end, there's that scene where she's like sat at the windowsill and she's just gnawing on a baguette. <laughs> 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 she's obviously, not eating much, and then just you know, she's got the diet of a of a small mouse. <laughs> good, good depression food. A yeah. plain baguette on a windowsill. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we've got to the absolute nadir of Ross and Rachel's relationship here now, and you know, with the U two scene of Doom. Oh, the U two scene of Doom. I mean, frankly, Ross would be alarmed to hear Mark in the background, but he shouldn't be able to hear him. Like, you shouldn't be able to call from a payphone in a club. I mean, A, a payphone in a club, hilarious. But yeah. if you're in a club, you, you he wouldn't really be able to hear Rachel, never mind Mark in the background, you know? Yeah, true. Um, But yeah, the U2 scene of Doom, the first big moment, that whole scene where they have the fight and they go on a break, uh, so, like, that's almost burnt into my brain. It's, like, etched into my brain, though, line by line. I just feel like... The frozen um, yogurt there? Yeah, frozen yogurt. Just a job. Do you realize for the first time in my life I'm doing something I actually all of that sort of stuff. Um as soon as that starts, it just feels like you're watching something so familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. Um and then yeah, we're back to the club. Chloe, I mean, again, she sort of knows what she's doing in the same way that Martin knows what he's doing, but I think she is less calculatingly doing it. She's more just horny for men that like big photocopying, apparently. Like she's really <laughs> she is she is really Four hundred percenter. Wow, I mean, yeah. Show, 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 Chloe, you're four hundred percenter, Ross. Yeah. Um, it's a great, it's a grower. <laughs> um, but she just seems absolutely fascinated by by Ross, like 
almost um what's the world what's the world what's the word um um what's the word infatuated that's it crikey my brain isn't working at 100 percent yet um from the moment he comes in because apparently of his big photocopying obsession but then she pulls him up for a slow dance in a club pete yeah i mean honestly what is this place the vibes are real bad aren't they (laughs) No wonder they're hiring Isaac, who's too busy off buying condoms. <laughs> Isaac's whacked on with or without you, so he can go and have sex in the bathrooms with a condom he's just bought. Um, but yeah, so there's the slow dance, the kiss, and then boom. We know what happens next, but no spoilers here, just in case you're watching Friends for the first time in the order of the podcast, not chronological <laughs> order, which would be insane, but we have to allow for that possibility. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Should we... Talk about Xerox, Xerox Chloe. Then, in the other context of this storyline, what is the other context? Oh, J- the Jerry and Chandler, the threesome, the weird. I mean, yeah. Let's dial it right back and remember the fact that they're in a place where you go and you queue up to get something photocopied. There's nothing more nineties than that. Yeah, that's true, and I, I think you know how they're. I mean, it's basically a bit of a no homo kind of conversation, isn't it? That yeah. But I would say that it's really quite hard to accidentally have gay sex. <laughs> like, it's quite difficult to accidentally have sex of any kind. Yeah. But um, I, I think you know, you know what's happening if you encounter <laughs> a penis. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're not into that, at that point, you'd be like, oh, hang on, that's yes. a penis, I'll well, stop. The interesting thing for me is they, con- they they sit down and constantly debate within the world of this sort of no homo thing, like you say, but they're constantly trying to mitigate what if this happens, what if that happens, what if I touch a thing, what if I see your thing? But neither of them at any point, no matter how uncomfortable they clearly are with it, neither of them embraces the possibility that they just don't have to have sex with each other. 
like, yeah. oh, they, don't, they don't even have to have a threesome. They could just not have a threesome if they're that bothered about this. Why are they so desperate to see a girl naked that they're they're going to put themselves in this? Let's face it like homophobic nightmare for each other yeah don't worry guys no one's gonna force you to have a threesome <laughs> you just decide whether you want it or not and but that's is, fine right and this is extended to the point of like why are they so desperate to like is there such a lack of women in new york city in the 90s that they they have to specifically go down to the photocopying shop just to talk to a woman that works there also twice in one day in chandler's case like, twice Jesus, in one mate. day Crikey. The, the Xerox shop sort of makes me think of things like internet cafes. It's just like places that absolutely just don't exist anymore, but uh, where you have snacks. to specifically go to a place. Well, Snappy Snacks. I mean, you can go and get things photocopied these days, but surely if anyone's doing photocopying, it's mostly either in an office or, you know, I mean, my, I don't, I've got a printer with a photocopier, Pete. I rarely use it, but. When did wanna... you last scan a document? Oh, scan on a scanner, never. I scan on my iPhone all the time, actually. That's quite a good feature. But not... not yeah, in the notes of, of your iPhone, you, if you click, like, scan, it sort of finds a doc. If you put, like, a document on a table, it, like, finds it, outlines it, and then scans it in, like, um, that sort of old-school scanner quality. So it's, like, black on white. The black's really uh, uh, vivid on the white background. This is honestly one of the most boring things I've ever said, I think. <laughs> I zoned out about ten seconds ago. I, I, I think myself... I think my head actually lolled forwards. <laughs> Pete's dead. How did Pete die? He died from a story oh, that Dave told about scanners. Um. So yeah, to sum up, Pete not scanning that much these days. <laughs> All right. Good. I do really enjoy the uh, scene in the photocopying place, though, in the Xerox place, where Chandler becomes a pathetic mess of a man. That At one point, he just goes, in, re- in reply to one of Chloe's questions, he just goes, well, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I also, the, there's also that line I really like when they're on. chatting about it in Central Perk, where Joey says, yeah, but what's heads and what's tails? And Chandler replies, oh, yes. you don't know that, I don't want to do this. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of reminiscent of ducks' heads because ducks have heads, you know? Yeah, um, really good. It, friends get a surprising amount of uh, leverage out of coin toss jokes, doesn't it? Me too, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Joey and Chandler are discussing their potential threesome. Obviously, ironically, inevitably, it's, it's Ross that Chloe ends up going home with, not Joey or Chandler. But she is, I'd say, very clearly up for having sex with somebody from the start of this isn't she she's just lining oh, she's on a mission isn't she's she she's lining yeah. men up for isaac's dj gig to come um but hey she's always had her eyes on ross because of his 400 percenters um but true. she does she does love photocopying doesn't she like you wouldn't have thought someone that works at the xerox place would actively love it that much but she's talking about it outside of work to the point where even joey and chandler are born and they are horny for anything she may have her faults, but damn, she's passionate about her job. I mean, she is probably the most boring woman in the world, isn't she, when she's talking about different photocopying machines. Have a better I self aware. don't know about Chloe. that. You talk about scanning, you probably get along well. <laughs> yep, yep. People in glass houses should not throw stones. I accept your criticism, and we shall move on. <laughs> 
on to the generic the generic foreigners yeah a bit dodgy this isn't it it just the whole thing just feels a bit weird it's so weird they don't identify the country deliberately and it's so odd that like i think it must be eastern europe based on the language they're speaking and the, the reference to hitler marching across it during world war Two. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite, like the the translator is quite good at, at flirting on someone else's behalf. I think so. Full credit to him. But, yes. Um, I my favorite bit involving him is when Phoebe makes out with the diplomat and sort of makes a moan of pleasure. <laughs> yeah, and, and he translates it. <laughs> <laughs> he translates it with a very funny oi. It's it's actually really well done that that whole scene. I think. It feels like a bit of a comedy cliche now, the sort of translator uh, gimmick, you know, but it, they still do it so well. And obviously back in the day, it was probably a lot more fresh than it would feel now. But that scene where they're walking through the street and he's translating and Phoebe's getting all into a twist about what to say, I think it's really funny. And then that scene again in the restaurant where Monica's there, all the translating bits of the, of the plot line are really like laugh out loud funny and they have a lot of, of like... Uh, good joking around with it, don't they? And also the whole premise of Phoebe going to the UN to give out free massages <laughs> is very... In the hope of it bringing about, like, world peace. World peace, because they're yeah, more absolutely. Relaxed, really good. <laughs> um, I mean, as, as the translator will you does be, point, Will you be giving anyone free massages at the UN while you're in New York? Well, I might pop down to the UN and see if anyone's giving out free massages, Pete. I'm going the other way. I'm on. Mm. I'm on the search for a free massage. No one wants a free massage from me. Don't frankly. don't go on the search for a free massage in New York, Dave. No, yeah, I have to be careful to to do it only at the UN. Yeah, yeah. When no illegal activity ever happens. Hashtag satire. Um, that anyway. feels like it needs some sort of legal scrutiny. <laughs> I think it was too generic to be to be problematic. Anyway, back to Monica her translator date. I mean, the translator flags it, doesn't he, when he sort of says, you silly diplomat, learn some English. How the fuck does that man do his job as a diplomat in America with zero... He, he doesn't even know what the word plate really means. He gets well, lucky with I would the word say, plate. I think if... Um, so he does get... He, he's in the right ballpark, isn't he, with, uh, with plate and what he <laughs> thinks it means. Yes. But I would say that if you knew that little English... Plate is not a word you'd know. It's a funny word to to make your sort of only word of English, right? Yeah. I also love Phoebe's line in this scene when she gives Monica a tissue, when she's <laughs> yeah. angry about the date and says, I hope you don't suck it up through your nose and check on it. <laughs> <laughs> really Phoebe's good. exasperation in that scene is very funny, isn't it? But to be fair, it is an absolute disaster of a setup because by definition, who's going to talk to who? How is Phoebe going to converse with this guy? who speaks not a single word. Of, oh, actually, no, do you know what? We know he knows the words American and pie as well. That's true. So he knows plate, American and pie. So he could feasibly ask for some pie on a plate in America. But that's about the extent of his uh, linguistical abilities. But I'm just fascinated that a man has got to that high levels of, of sort of the political sphere without even being able to correctly identify a plate with full confidence. And... To understand the offer of a free massage. Well, yeah. How did they converse in the first place? Like, 
Maybe she just like ran up and started massaging him. No, I mean, when it comes to Phoebe, as we know, discussing last week how she managed to break into Sting's apartment within hours. That's then, true, yeah. Then that sort of behaviour does track, doesn't it? How does Monica not know what Vule Vukushev and Wasasoir means? Like, isn't the whole point of the song that we all know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, what that means? How has she sort of learned it yeah. without ever and questioning it? sort of the it? opposite... It's sort of the opposite about my, of my point about the plate, isn't it? Like, if you don't know French, even yeah. so, you probably do know what that means. A hundred percent you know what that means, because the first thing anyone did when they first heard that song for the first time was ask their friend, ooh, what does that mean? And, like, we were discussing, um, that, we were discussing that in primary school in primary school playgrounds, Pete, you know? Which seems a bit weird <laughs> now, but I do remember that's where I first learned Were you discussing the original version of uh, Lady Marmalade or oh, of the course. Moulin Rouge uh, remake? No, when I was at primary school, Pete. Of course it was the bloody original. Why? What year were you in primary school? I left primary school in 1997. What year was Moulin Rouge? About 2001. Was it? Yeah. Then I was discussing that one in primary school. Were you, you really? Bastard. Yeah. Oh God, I am old, aren't I? Now oh, that is yeah. sad. I mean, I think we all have to agree the Moulin Rouge version is better. It's vibier mm. and there's a rap. You know? I enjoy the contrasting modern fortunes of the members of that remake. <laughs> of the, of the, uh, uh, the Moulin Rouge Lady Maya, Marlon, yeah, Lil Maya. Kim. Christina, Pink, and Missy Missy Elliott. Elliott. Yeah. It's quite a gang, isn't it? At least two of Mm. whom have fallen completely off the radar in various forms. And Christina, who's doing Just Eat efforts. But that obviously pays well, given who does it. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, I thought that's absolutely worth a while, right? And Ping. Ping. (laughs) Ping. (laughs) (laughs) And I was trying to say... And Pink is flinging around various stadiums, stadiums around the world, and instead Pink is flipping around. Pink. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, Pink is still probably the uh, the winner of the of the gang, isn't she? Yeah, I reckon so. There you go. Um, this episode has like two very commonly used silly phrases that I take into my everyday life. And one is plate. Every time I get a plate out of the cupboard and my sister is currently living with me and every time I sort of get her a plate for dinner or something, I will always say plate in in the exact tone of yeah. Sergey. So it's, it's impressive from the friends writers that they've managed to turn the word plate into a catchphrase. What else, what's the other one? The other one is binky boy. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, I good. say all the time and I don't know what it's supposed to mean but it's funny and it sounds like it's supposed to be some sort of curse curse words in the made up uh, generic Eastern European language um, so yeah I, I bring I bring Binky Boy into conversation quite a lot when you don't know what to say Pete what do you say? you say Binky Boy yeah say Binky Boy fair. and my final thing is what the fuck's a diplomatic coupon? Uh, while you're in the city, you get to go to, is it Rainbow Rooms? I, yeah, Rainbow Room, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like coupons in general, again, are very 90s, you know? Yeah. But yeah, do they give you coupons for the Rainbow Rooms? I don't know, that's that's wild. 
Um, what was that hear, noise? That's the back air. The, I think the cleaners vacuuming the hotel corridor outside. Right. Yep, pretty high-end stuff. I am in my hotel room in New York, just to clarify. So I'm not just sort of wandering around vacuum cleaners for no reason. Did you hear the, the sirens earlier as well? Or did that did that not come through? No, no, I didn't hear that. Yeah. Just a busy city, Peter, isn't it? There's a lot going on in old New York. City life. A city that never sleeps. Hey, Pete. Hi. Do we have a quiz? Are you asking me? Yeah. No. No. Cool. You were you're in charge of quiz. No, do you not remember what we did last week? We said, so "Can somebody just get in touch with us and send us a quiz?" So, oh so- well, do you know what? We deserve that. <laughs> yeah. We deserve. We deserve not to have a quiz. If that's the case. So right, I've prepared a quiz for you, Pete. You ready? Question one: What country is Sergey from? Somewhere in Eastern Europe. Question two: What language is Sergey and is he called Mas- Masha? What's his name? Misha, the language Misha. spoken in aforementioned Eastern European country. There you go. Uh, question three: Is a cup a plate? No. No. Good quiz. How much is a jar of olives? Uh, two ninety nine. Two ninety five. Two ninety five. Good. That's a very funny joke, isn't it? I really enjoyed that little. I love those little things that have nothing to do with the plot, but are just little throwaway jokes. How much would you pay me to eat this entire jar of olives? <laughs> nothing, but you owe me two ninety five. Funny. Just a funny bit, Pete. Do you want to know which episode we're doing next week and which we require some to do a quiz for? Yes, please. Um, we just are sort of manifesting a quiz. Yeah. Um, it is season eight, episode 15, the one with the birthing video. Oh, lovely. Oh, good, good, good. We'll, we'll do that one next week then. I'll be back in Blighty. I'll be back in my studio. There'll be none of this vacuum cleaners outside the door. Normal Good. service will resume, but there'll be no shadow of the Empire State Building. So if you've enjoyed listening to this and hearing the Empire State Building just outside my window, then You can't hear you can't hear the Empire State Building. All we hear was <sighs> a fucking hoover. Not with that attitude, you can't. Yeah, okay. See you next week. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.